I'd like to welcome everyone back once again. Kensington, Maryland, home of the Audible. Ken Marangolo, joined by Kevin Ruka. My home, too. My home, home as well. Too. And T. Strachan. My o- home, too. Also your home. Uh, he's never left. Ever. He's a lifer. Not the basement itself. Not, just he's, Kensington. He's, yeah. he's been out of this basement before. He's, contained, he's contained by Kensington, Maryland. Unless it's game day and you got to go out Midwest. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm an original K-Town. I know. OG. You are OG. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, hey, I, I respect that. I, without a doubt, it's I respect that. The yeah. town that T thought was 100 miles away. Man, I felt like I needed like to pack a lunch to get out to your house, man. We were kids. I mean, all the way out to your house. Well, we have well, I-270 to thank for our relationship. <laughs> it's an underrated road, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. But what's something that's not underrated... That's our ongoing Redskins coverage on the Audible. After the whistle, it's over and done with. We'll be we'll see you next September. Uh, on to what I think we're affectionately calling leasing production meetings. <laughs> off season on the brink. Um, I love it. I love the off season. I love the Redskins off season. I love playing armchair. Uh, you know, general manager. It's awesome. The draft is awesome. Free agency is awesome. Uh, and the Redskins are going in a good direction. So the sting is still there, obviously, from losing to the Giants and the season being over. But I don't know. It's not hard to, it's not hard to focus on the big picture with the Redskins. And that's what makes it awesome, the fact that we are heading that way, the fact that we do have some, some things set up for the future, the fact that we do have a guy pulling strings that, you know, I think we all trust. And, and, and hope for the Love best it. for him. I don't think he's, you know, infallible, and, uh, and we're allowed to have these opinions. We don't just allow him and say, oh, whatever he does is great. It's exciting to see what's out there in front of us. It, it, it's not the old here we go again. Yeah, there's some tough off seasons. That we've had a lot of those. It's, yeah. not, it's not that anymore. Even though you, you didn't make the playoffs and you and you're, you know, got a bad taste in your mouth, it's, it's not a doom and gloom like, you know, uh, you know. Now, what are we gonna do? You know, I think there is a there is a plan. There is a direction. There's a lot of pieces that still need to be put in place. But this is a this is a different feeling going in these that this off season. Yeah, let's get in on this process. So we're gonna go through all of them: draft, free agency. We're gonna talk to uh, a lot of folks. That we have, we're starting to get lined up, which will make it fun. Um, hopefully for everybody, definitely for us, which is an important part of of the fun, obviously. T, but. Um, I think for when for us for starting, you know, starting out tonight, I thought we would just do a quick uh, defensive coordinator discussion. Um, it's like it's the news. It's uh, kind of where we're at, and um, I've said that I want a guy who can be a head coach. I want that CEO type. I want an innovator. I don't. I, I Wade Phillips is not a guy who who's going to be my next head coach. Neither probably is Gus Bradley. Um, but I mean, like they all have their strengths and weaknesses, all the guys that we're talking to. So, I mean, Kevin, give me some, give me some who's better and who's worse, like against the run, against the pass, you know, Wilkes versus, um, you know, Petten. Well, Wilkes is the wild card because, uh, you know, unless you've been down in Carolina on the practice field, you know, we don't know what he, what he's got as a coordinator because he's never coordinated. Obviously, his work with Josh Norman 
yeah. uh, you know, not something you can look over. But I was, uh, I was really intrigued by the, uh, the interview with Mike Pettin. And, and you go back and you do a little research and you check his, his resume out. And, man, you know, I know he's Rex Ryan's right-hand man. And uh, I do enjoy the way they play defense. It's about all I enjoy about he's the not whole Ryan, Ryan family. No, he's not. And, and, and his personality will show that. But if that. he can coach like him. If he, and that style of defense. And, that, and, and, and speaking of style of defense, you know, nothing against Wilkes. Don't want to overlook him at all. And he's a young upcomer. And he could I, be awesome. But Mike Pettin. I don't think this is an up-and-comer job. This isn't, I, I don't this isn't for somebody who, who's, who's going to, you know, get their first shot. I don't get that feeling. That's, that's know, not why you get rid of I Joe Barry. No, I don't you get that. It, you I bring in a right. guy that's, that's, that's seasoned and has some. Is he your Wade Phillips guy? Well, he's got the best damn resume yeah, of all. I am, but he's not coming. The only thing going against him, I mean, the only knock on him is that he's 70 years old. You know, I mean, I haven't heard anything else that we can possibly. But I, I mean, give you my, I, my knock on him is that I'm not entering the next era of Redskins football with, with him there because I, I, I do. I don't want well, that maybe. goes I, to his age. Well, it goes to him being around, have been, have, having been around the block enough times to where, um, you know, can he do the job? Of course he can do the job. I, I want to be in the business of developing great coordinators. I want to be in the business of continuing to develop guys like Sean McVay. Um, I want to be able to churn. I want to be able to churn innovation. We're going to be we're we're going to be putting some serious talent That's on the what field. They call it these days churning innovation. I like it. Uh, it's hard to look at that. I understand what you're saying here, but I want to win. I want to win right now, and yep. I want a guy that's been around the block to show this. We're going to have a lot of places, a lot of moving parts starting now. Until September, Wade Phillips is the only guy that's ever sniffed a Super Bowl. Been to a couple, won one as a defensive coordinator. I'm talking about only. He's got 20 playoff games under his belt, 10 wins. I mean, the guy's seen it all. That has to be that has to be you know counted in. I I just I mean, don't know. To your, to I don't know what point, he though, thinks about that. I don't know what he how he correct. feels about. I, that. I think he's got some other options. I've been hearing that you know the LA Rams because he's got a daughter out there. He's at the end of his career. That would be a great place to retire. You know, I mean. All that stuff is factored in. We don't know crap. He wanted about to be here two years ago. I mean, we don't know about he him. Did. Yes, he did. You're right, and that is kind of you know in our favor. But I think he's got other options that are probably best at his stage or whatever. But if he were to come here, to your point, Ken, you would hope a guy like that could come in. If he's not going to be here long term to see it through, at least he's a guy who can come in and lay a foundation, and then you bring somebody up from within. I mean, that's yeah, that's the way I, you build it for a long term process. I mean, but it's going to be. I think it's going to be a, a, a petten. Um, you know, I, I think I, I, I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by that a little bit just because Petten, of his for pedigree. Sure. Yeah, I'm intrigued by him because of this, and I said it uh, to myself on the way over here. He had Darrell Revis. That was the best player in the NFL, arguably, and he built a defense around him. And I think that's a similar situation to what we have. I think our best player, and we tried to build a bit of our defense around him this year. I don't think there was enough parts for it. But he had, he had, he had Revis for four years. I mean, guy had the number one defense in the NFL. He never has had less than a top 10 defense in his five years as a coordinator. And he and, lost Terrell. And, and, and he lost him in year four for the Jets, and he had the number two pass defense in the NFL. This guy's passing defense has never, in five yeah. years as a D coordinator, been less than ranked sixth. That's mm -hmm. nuts, man. That's production. That's, that's getting it done. And I know he had some, some stud players, and I know that that has a lot to do with it. And he's fiery. We, uh, fiery. Uh, son of a high school football coach who's won 350-some-odd games in the state of Pennsylvania. I mean – Obviously, that makes me a little, you know, sure. misty-eyed. No, I think he fits it. Like I think he fits it. I mean, see what else is out there. But at the same time, I think the only downside to him is he's going to he's going to want to be a head coach again. You know, so he may not be here for long. It might. It might I be want a, a guy who wants who thinks like that. Um, 
who and who who's capable of it. Who, but, you know, they're not going to be that here. Jay Gruden's going to be our head coach, and I, and I don't think there's going to be any misunderstanding about that, regardless of who we hire. The beauty of falling in love with a guy like Petten randomly and all of a sudden is that you realize that we're going to hire a really good coach, one way or another. Like our defense, our defense is going to be very, very well coached. I I'd like to go towards the you know a little bit of the, of a newer, fresher you know way. Uh, I don't, know. I don't think, think he's non-fresh. I think you got to wash that Cleveland right off your body. And, uh, no, I'm talking about out. Wade. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I'm sorry. He's the I, least I, fresh. I, he is the least fresh. But this guy, he's had the best run defense, the best pass defense, yeah. the worst run defense, and the worst pass defense in his career. I think that says something to our Redskin fan base. Uh, <laughs> personnel has a lot to do with yeah. the, the idea of succeeding well, as a coach. That's the other thing. But if a guy like yeah. Penn could come in and take a, a 28th-ranked defense and he wants to be a head coach... And he wants to slide in here and see and get some of the tools that he's going to get and personnel and some of the built-in tools he has. If he wants to be that head coach and take this defense from 28th all the way up the ladder to where he's never been a coordinator that didn't have a top 10 defense, that's how you get back into the ball game, man. And I'll, uh, one of the reasons why I say we should have an innovator, a, a fresh way of thinking and seeing things and attacking um, Attack modern is the key offenses. Word there, correct? I, is is because we have a GM who just drafted the guy like Sewer Cravens. And we don't have any reason to think that he won't continue to target players like that. If we haven't already mentioned Jabril Peppers. Um, it's becoming Ruben a thing. Foster. It's yeah, becoming a thing in football. It's becoming a thing. freak guy. And do a lot of stuff. If we're going to bring guys like that in, you have to be creative in your deployment of those kinds of players. And you have to, you have to, it's, it's, you have to have a doctorate in, in, you know, thinking outside the box to use guys like that effectively. And I, I, I think, that guy exists, and I don't think it's Wade Phillips. And a doctrine of covering up some of these holes for some of these new guys coming in, whether they be rookies or free agents or just guys we sign off the street. We spent $36 million on our defense last year. It's the 31st. I mean, there's only one other team, the Saints, that spent less on their D. You know, I'm saying the, the, the slate is clean. Whoever's coming in is going to get this ability. Yeah to be innovative, and you, I don't think you hand that to a Steve Wilkes. Nothing against him. I know nothing about him as a coordinator. Yeah. That just scares me. And uh, these guys know a lot more than I do, but from a, from my perspective, you see a guy like Mike Pettin, and you say, man, top freaking 10 yeah. defense every time yeah. he goes out and for two different franchises and lost his best player one of those years. That's innovation, man. Plus, you're going to get a good offense. You're going to get to play alongside uh, an above-average uh, offense is capable of, of dominating the clock and putting up points, which, if they can just evolve just a little bit, uh, will put opposing offenses on their heels early and create opportunities for for our guys. I mean, right. it all works together. I mean, he, you're getting a you're getting a great offense to play next to. Um, I don't. Know, you got to be able to take advantage of that, and I, it's a it's a huge plus for for whoever that guy comes in. Did you guys? What do you guys think, of Greg Williams? Uh, he's. I got him in the Jeff Fisher place, man. They're dyeing their hair. They're doing weird stuff. There's different goatees. Oh, I, I you meant defense? Would, I never thought I it was even possible. Uh, he, he stayed. He stayed. Um, yeah, he stayed has close. he made the decision? No, no, no. He it's is going to be. He's going to be in Cleveland, correct? It's just all about. That's what all they're but, saying. All but done, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. But he. Him, I don't know why he was a part of the the, the, the equation. Oh why no, he, he was absolutely a possibility. He, he was absolutely why a prospect come back here. 
the word on the street is that the relationship between him and, and the organization is not like nuked the way we, everyone assumed that it was. Yeah. Um, I don't know. A guy at work today, Tony, he came. We had a huge conversation Tony. about Greg Williams. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if Greg it's Williams Tony. was available, you'd have to consider him, um, I think. If you're hiring a defensive coordinator and, and a guy like Greg Williams is on the market, you had to kick that tire. Uh, it would be... In, it would have been a, a, a ridiculous scenario that would have seen him come back to be our defensive coordinator. It would be ridiculous, but... That's you know, why I never really yeah. took it seriously. You know, Gruden's not exactly... I think he's a fiery guy, but uh, when he's on the sidelines, he doesn't, he doesn't... He doesn't... As a head coach, he maintains a sense of, you know, even-keeled... You know, he's not. Oh, he, he oh, I'd like to hear one of the him mic'd up one day. Yeah, I'm with you, but you it might not be him. fiery loud, but it right. might be pretty fiery. Whatever. I think he's out certainly of his mouth. fiery. I he's think in he, charge. I, I think as the head coach, he does it calmly. Yes. On Sunday is what I'm saying. Uh, it wouldn't hurt to have a guy like a Greg Williams or a, I think Mike Pettin fits that mold. A fiery ass D coordinator and those guys, you know, but run I don't around think the field that was Joe jump. Barry's problem. No, it wasn't his problem. His problem. Well, he had they a lot of them. problems, but. Yeah, but I'm talking about a game day fiery guy. We don't have a fiery coaching presence. I think I, I think we need a guy who demands respect, not not like, hey, you know, I love this guy, I love playing with him, right. you, know, you know, like he's a, you know, a, a, a man that maybe they they, they kind of are a little worried about, you I know. Mean, at the same time, like a guy yeah. like you know, here's the best thing I can tell you about our coaching situation, and it has to do with it. It, it takes you all the way back, so. Um, I believe Jay Gruden was either a player or a coach for the uh, uh, Florida Tuskers, uh, the UFL team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to say, Wade Phillips might have been on that staff. It was Bruce a little, Hazlitt was the deep Bruce Hazlitt, Hazlitt, yeah. And uh, that, that year, um, John Gruden formed the Fire Football Coaches Association in like some strip mall, whatever. And... Jay Gruden, Sean McVay. Sean McVay was like a quality control assistant uh, on that coaching <laughs> staff. Um, and, and, a, and a bunch of those guys were on the ground floor of, of the FFCA, which John Gruden has like obviously turned into a, into a thing. And it, the, the sessions are, are legendary. I mean, so they would, I mean, they have likened it to literally getting a doctorate in, in coaching. They would have, uh, John Gruden would bring in these speakers. They would, they would work in there, uh, breaking down film till all hours of the night. They had, any the best of the best come through there. Um, we, we have access to that pipeline At, with Jay Gruden as our head coach and McLovin as our GM. I'm just saying I, I'm so like that's why I love Sean McVay so much. I mean he's 30 years old and he's probably going to be a head coach. They're hungry. Well, now yeah. you're sending us right over to Gus Bradley, who's yeah. an exact part of this pipeline. I know. Yeah, it's and just he and Patine. I think uh, Petten is it Petten? Petten. It's Petten. Uh, I think they're the, the. I think it's coming down to them too. Well, what makes me nervous is when Bradley got the job, you know, he, he, he worked under Monty Kiffin as a, a defensive uh, assistant. And when Joe Barry got the job to go to Detroit, uh, he left his linebacking position to go coordinate Detroit's defense. And that's when they brought Gus Bradley in to coach the linebackers. So now we're sending Joe Barry off to pasture and we're going to bring Gus back yeah. around again. Like, you know, that, that seems to be how it kind of goes. So if Gus can coach, he can coach. To You know, I'll... I don't think any rational football fan can separate what he did in Jacksonville uh, from the experience. I mean, he, to me, he's like the Joe Barry of head. Co- he's like the head coaching version of Joe Barry. Uh, it, it, I, I don't, again, like you said about uh, Steve Wilkes, I don't know him personally. I'm sure he's right. a great guy, right. and he clearly has coached good defenses. Um, but that Jacksonville stain, I mean, that was record-settingly, epically, historically never been done before. Lee, yeah, you got to throw those Jacksonville undies out. 
You know, even if it's, your name is sewn on the back tag, yeah. you got to get rid of them. They're it's gone. a stink of all stinks. Yeah, it's like on Seinfeld. It's a tough one. Like it's like it's like the ghost of the yeah, stink. G. Bradley. Oh, who's are these? Sounds like you know. sounds like something you've done. Like, well, in my house, if you didn't have your underwear stitched <laughs> in the back, then you just had no underwear, bro. Because there was, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, it's I. I, I wasn't I, wearing some J. D. Ricka boxers briefs. You know, I just wasn't. That's great. I hope he comes back and has and and does great. I, I maybe it's with us. Um, Whatever I, I don't know, but he's he's definitely in the conversation. He's definitely at the top of the list. But let's move on from coaches because I think we've we've beat that one up. I think the uh, you know we're not going to. We didn't even get into the offensive side. No, no, no. We were just, that was just defensive I coordinator. I, I thought that uh, we would kind of wrap things up with uh, we, we got we're going to do do a quick hitter on Kirk or, or, or a general general discussion on it I, without necessarily going through some of the same old um, argument paths that we have before. For example. I, although I I wouldn't agree with this, I've gone on record as saying I would not take two first round picks for Kirk Cousins um, if we we tagged him and someone offered us that. I could present the argument that I think some Redskins fans would would like to see, and I, I think some Redskins fans think is a is a likely outcome where you have a guy like McLovin who wants to be on the right side of a Herschel Walker style uh, deal, um, who thinks he can get. Uh, generational talent uh, with draft picks uh, that he would acquire in a deal f- for a Kirk Cousins type, and that he has been waiting for the opportunity to d- develop uh, a situation where that could be possible. And when, with a guy like Sean McVay potentially going to San Francisco, uh, it's not hard to imagine there would be at least one team that would actually consider doing it. For sure. There is a team out there that would do that. Yeah. I... I I mean, I, I again, I, I I'm I'm a four Kirk guy. I think Kirk is the guy. We we don't have to. I don't have to. We don't have to do that show here. Um, it didn't work out for the Rams, but uh, assholes. I, I I would say, um, McLovin could. I don't know. I think he's great. So if I if he had two first two extra first round picks. You keep saying I would do that. I wouldn't do this, or I would do that. I keep thinking of it. What is McLovin gonna do? And and, and something still tells me he's not. I just told you a hundred percent sold. And and, and on I, Kirk, you don't think right. he's sold on Kirk? I don't. Okay, I don't think he's not, not, not for the think, exorbitant price tag. And, and, a lot of people correct. are and saying that. And I think that's one thing you can point at is is in games where it mattered most down yeah. the stretch, he didn't come through. Is that the gut feeling that he has? Now I'm getting away from, I think Kirk's a guy who can go over 4,000 yards a season and can put up numbers like that. But I'm starting to think now, is that little thing that has has kept McLovin from pulling the trigger already, that it factor when it is on the line, which he failed twice this year doing that, right? So that's I think that's sticking in the back of his head. Yes, he's the right choice, but... Again, at the at the end of it all, is he still going to leave you wanting more because he couldn't quite get that hump? He's, he, a lot of people think he's going to leave you wanting more. I, I happen to believe um, he's shown a propensity to improve his game, um, and I believe he's capable of, of improving in, in those exact areas. And I also I mean, think there's going to be a lot of good players around It all, it all comes down to this. Does he want to cash that check in Washington, D.C.? Or does it matter to him? Is he dying to it's be a here? Too. And, and and that's what's getting me. If, if it's, it's a factor too, because you know, obviously he's you know he's got a poker face right now, and he's not going to give us anything. Does he really need that coddling? Does he want to be closer to the Midwest? Who knows? It's all. Uh, but 
if there's any doubt whatsoever with him, I think that's when McLovin says, okay, here we go. I got $36 million spent on defense last year. That is not going to be the case this year. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to upgrade offensive weapons, I don't think. I think we stick with what we have. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we get one of these receivers even. Seems to me like we're not going to get either of them. That's just it's my very gut possible. feeling right now. My gut right now says we're not going to get either of them. We take that big chunk of change, take that to the other side of the meeting room, <laughs> bring a few studs in there. Four well, or five or, or one or three, however you I want to chop it up. I better start feeling a lot healthier I, real but, fast. But I think that, you know, we get the running game developed, and I think we do need a more dynamic guy to come in there. I think Fat Rob needs to be a number two or or, or, or a 1A, 1B situation. Sure. I, 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 you know, just some more explosion. Uh, maybe a guy that can't take more than 10 to 12 carries a game with a Chris Thompson. You know, a three-headed New England Patriots type scenario. Or Oakland Raiders. I mean, Exactly. Where, you can bring where, in- we, could, where we can improve yeah. the defense, go from the bottom up. Hey, we might not be the number two or three offense in the league anymore, but if we can bring those two and accordion them together, get that offense in the, in the top 12, so to speak, and that defense up in the top 15, well, hell, that's when you start winning a lot of football games. That's when you have a, a different way to win every single week. Yeah. Aside from just piling it on Kirk's head and saying, go out out there and throw to these five weapons. Well, now we got three. Hey, we're definitely resigning Vernon Davis. I think that's written in stone. I think he's coming back home for another. So I think our two tight end situation looks nasty. And uh, Jamison Crowder, you got to hope for the best in Doxon. And I guarantee you we're going to get a little free agent help at the wide receiver Well, is Harris still going to be here, right? Yeah, I'm not all that jacked I mean, up he's, about Harris. But I, I think he's, he's a, a guy. He's a depth chart guy. He's a guy. But I'm saying we're going to have enough offensive weapons Without having to overspend at that wide receiver position, if we let those two guys go, Look, we you got need this help defense on ready. Defense. And like, Ken, but I do, I do like what Ken says. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan. Here you go, Kirk. Here's your money. But no Deshaun, no Pierre. And now we're hoping that these young guys, and you're going to have to bring these young guys up. You know, you're the new Tom Brady of this situation. Yep. You're going to have to be our guy. You know, you become an assistant coach at this point. For that much money, you're also a janitor. You better serve the food, and you better have a party at your house after the game. Although I don't know Lunch if I want to a party at Kirk Cousins' house because, you know, I don't know my, my church music all that well anymore. But I'm still reading more and more into that. How do you like me I'm now? Solid Why do you music. say that? Why do you say that to his face like that? How do you do that? How do you? When, when there isn't something more to it, I think he's been told. I think the, I think it's it's well known between the two of them. And I'm just this is total speculation. I'm 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 pulling crap together out of the right. air and putting it together. I mean, I don't know. I don't know McLovin. I don't know Kirk. But you know, just thinking about it and seeing how it all it's all playing out. They he, they definitely there's something there. There's there is a there is a, a respectful like dislike. Maybe. Like uh, I know it, and I'm speculating also, but I'm this gonna is my, prove you this, wrong. This no, is, I'm gonna prove you this wrong. This is also my Rick James theory. And when Kirk Cousins comes off the field, I mean the highest he's ever been is on adrenaline. And when when, when we're on adrenaline, uh, what do they say? That's fun. Adrenaline <laughs> that, is a hell of funny. a drug. <laughs> so and Kirk's all wired up coming off the field. You know this guy. Yeah. You know, and I think when stuff comes, out, comes of, out. When someone else hops in the driver's seat, all of us can attest to this. Some stuff flies out of your mouth, and you know we're not followed around by video cameras and and every possible media outlet possible. I think that's just him being kind of a goof, all juiced up on know, on on the, on the good stuff. Uh, you know, and I think it comes out this way because he went ahead and said, this guy's been my biggest fan, gave me my opportunity. You know, I think that all comes in together with it, but I don't think you're wrong. I, I think there's a chip on his shoulder. This is a big boy business, and I think they have sat down, yeah. looked eye to eye, and I think McLovin, you know, again, just total speculation, McLovin's looked him in the eye and says, you haven't proven What did the five figures say to yet. the face? Yes. Yeah. You have not proven yeah. me yeah. a believer yet. And and that's what you say to somebody when yeah, you're talking twenty four million dollars. You know, I is, mean, is there a signature the, win? That's at the, the discussion you table. have. Is there a signature win 
at the negotiating table? Is there something they can go? I don't think there boom. is. Because when you start bringing up Tampa Bay, you know, that's, if that's your signature win, that's not exactly, you know, eye-catching. Backed up with a whole lot of stats. The stats are impressive. Don't get me wrong. It still makes them one of the top ten in the league. Don't get me wrong. I've, All right, I've, so I've already turned the corner on that. Okay, right. got it? He's going he's gonna to throw for 4,000, 41, 42 or more per season. He's going he's gonna to have some you know, touchdowns. He's going to have some moments. But is it going to – when you really need somebody to pull through, he didn't pull through. I think he, he will be that guy. I think he can do that. I think he's – I don't think he's a choker or people keep throwing out, oh, is he Romo? Uh, I, I don't think that. But that's to be worried about. That's something that has to be uh, thought about, talked about, just put, you, put yourself in McLovin's shoes. You're about to make a really, really yeah. important decision. Well, so, for an issue, and that, it's going to be on defense, piece, right? Regarding, regarding the actual size of the contract, need. though, you know, you can get Kirk Cousins. You, we've, we've had some actually uh, some pretty good stuff on Hogshaven about this. And even though it's all speculation and people are putting kind of things together, from, from a realistic standpoint, you, you could look at this deal as like uh, he could get, you know, six years, 150 plus million dollar co- kind of a contract. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking at something probably like that, roughly. I'm, and, and the way it works out, though, whatever, if, if they do a deal like this, this long-term deal, first of all, Kurt's going to get paid. His salary cap hit, yeah. uh, if, you, if you do it right, which, which they will. I mean, if I, if I know this, if we know this, uh, the average fan, you know, talks about numbers this way. It's, it's, a, it's a known fact, obviously, in league circles as well. Um, you're probably talking about 20 mil, million-ish uh, for you know, in salary cap, you know, space for the first three years, it does skyrocket towards the end. But essentially, uh, you have exit ramps on the deal itself after three years with the salary cap. No hit, matter how high it yeah, goes the up, front load with yeah. seventy million available. That's we're able to do this. Yeah, we're able well, to do this and say, but you're, you're not. You're going to lose that. something because you have to. You have to upgrade the defense. You're gonna. You're gonna lose a Deshaun and or Garcon. Sure. You're gonna. It's gonna be downgraded. But I'm saying okay, salary cap have wise, all those weapons. That, that's fine. But I'm, so that, that's that's even more of a reason for the doubter to say, you really haven't proven to me that you can. But hold on, we're, that, we're, that we're putting the prove it thing to, uh, aside. We're, we're no longer talking about whether or not he, you know, he get he's earned it or anything like that. I what we're talking talk about, about is about what I want to talk about. How you Ken. fit it into the salary cap? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, everyone's complaining about you're, it's going to cost too much money. I'm telling I, you, I am saying that. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling everyone's quarterback costs too much money. Every yes, single yeah, team, correct. except for I'm telling you, two. twenty million dollars. You you correct. were okay putting twenty million dollars of salary cap space behind Kirk Cousins this year, correct? That's my point. You're going to be yeah. that's that's what you're going to be getting for the next three years. Right. That same amount of salary cap space, and it's only going to be a smaller amount in three years because the salary cap's exploding. You're only committing in a long-term contract to Kirk Cousins. I I you're only committing for three seasons. You're Look, only getting, you're, you're committing three seasons. I, I think I think it. I think I th- I'm really looking at it like this: as a business decision, you're right. Who else you're going to get? All right, he's a top ten quarterback. He's putting up numbers that nobody's ever Best put up. Best we've had in two Correct. decades. Correct. But which forget makes about it, that. Which I'm makes saying- it as a football guy. Okay, you put all those stats and you put all that crap away, and when you really like dig deep down and say, "Is this the guy that's going to get it done?" I don't know if everybody can say that he is. It's still I don't below know if market. I want to spend that much money on it. We're talking about below market. Yeah, but these people have no idea. Cap. Majority of them. 
where the rest of the money is allocated. I mean, let's be honest. I know. You know just I'm trying to say you're, you're going to see a deal that's going to have a, a, an eye-popping number on it, but from a salary cap perspective for the next three seasons, no matter how this deal gets done, it will be team-friendly and there will be an exit ramp. And, and Kirk's going to get a ton of money. And, and it's not going to kill us. In fact, it's going to it's going to look like a sweetheart deal in three seasons. I promise you. And if and if you want to part ways with him, and you're talking we're not talking about Jay Cutler style where you got to wait for the right moment nope. and still get crushed. You can do it where you're where you're talking about in the first year of deciding to let a guy like that go after three years. Probably like six or eight million dollars worth of dead money. And that's what McLovin's created. He's created this. Yeah. In the, behind the scenes, and that's what you know. We give him a lot of credit for picking guys, but right now we're in a spot. Well, we could have an upwards of $75 million of cap space next year. Front load that contract over the first couple of years. And like you said, we have a parachute. We, you know, we're, we're not jumping out with no help. Because if Doxton blows up, he's going to cost My only money. concern, because I'm all in on Kirk, and you know that. Yeah. I'm all in. I think he's our guy. I think he's earned it. I, think, I, I thought this a year ago, and now we're doing this again. I just i am worried that Kirk isn't all in on Washington, okay. D.C. That that, let's end with that. I'll ask you, T, do you think Kirk Cousins wants to play in D.C.? Yes or no? Does it have to be a yes or no answer? It's binary. On a binary scale? Yes, a binary scale. Uh, when you start yes. lawyering stuff, man. But no, that's just it. I, I, I think there's, there's, a, there's a part of him. I don't know how big it is, but there's a part of him that doesn't. I think if we come to him with this contract that he has earned and deserved, yeah. He will absolutely embrace this whole process. Oh, yeah. He's not the type of personality to go into a locker room where he is not the guy and try and win the team over. He, it's a longevity, and he will eventually, but he's not the guy that walks in. He's like, gather around, boys, new sheriff in town. This isn't about he D.C. Ain't. This isn't about football. This about is about his a, job. This, this, is, this is about, yeah, this is about. It's about his job. Uh, so This is a yeah. workplace environment you know, you know, uh, issue. Let me tell you, T, because I 100% agree with you. And I will say, for all those people, my friends, James, um, I, I hate calling you out. I love arguing with you about this, James, uh, who want to bitch and moan about Kirk hasn't said the right words yet. I would just say this. If your boss wants to commit to you on a one-year basis, you're probably only going to be willing to commit to your boss on a one-year basis, on a, on a year-to-year renewal basis. I agree with Kevin. If we give him a long-term deal, if we go all in on him, he's going all in on us. I believe that. I, I fully, I in my heart, that. believe that. And I think that, I that. And I think that filters through the rest of the entire locker room at some point in, in a super positive way, which... Continuity, baby. ...is why this is called off-season on the brink, because, T, we believe we're on the brink of something great. We're on the brink of something. We're on the brink of something. We're on the brink of something. And we're going to be on the brink of it from now all the way until next season... I want to say thank you to everyone for listening to us on Hogshaven. I want to say thank you to, I always want to say thank you to Kevin Walsh, just because you know what? Why not? I mean, we talked about him again earlier today. He got a, he got a good listen. I hope, I hope Roy Shannon takes a little bit of a, of a cue Roy! from LT and gets on, on the audible bandwagon. Yeah, get your head out of your ass, Roy. Let's go, man. Get something going here, bud. We're going to be back again next week with more offseason on the brink. We're going to do D.C. Sports Goals, 2017 D.C. Sports Goals next. For Kevin Ricca and Tim Strachan, I'm Ken Marangolo, and this was The Audible.